Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Say It Loud Podcast Network, where black and brown voices truly matter. back by popular demand on this hot ass fucking day but what the fuck is he alone hey what's going on how are you blessed black and highly favored wait so let me just tell y'all what happened really quickly before this whole recording and if you know me you know that i love some motherfucking starbucks so there's a starbucks a couple of blocks from me on franklin and eastern parkway so i was like you know i'm gonna hop on the train two stops to go get some starbucks i get to the three train and I get on the train, it's this guy acting hella fucking weird. Now, you know, the gentrifiers was on the train looking fucking scared, whatever. You know what I'm trying to say? So I stand up. And then about 15, 17 seconds later, I smell something. So I look over to him and he's burning heroin on the motherfucking three train. So now I'm holding my nose, bitch. And I'm holding my breath because I don't want to inhale no heroin. Because you know if you inherit Not it. Not heroin. Inhale heroin. You can heroin, bitch. Heroin. If you're from the 60s, 70s, and maybe 80s, bitch. Heroin. You can you can also get high off of this inhaling it. So now I'm holding my breath or whatever. So the next stop (laughs) is the. So the next stop is fucking no strength. So I get out at no strength and I go to the next car train. I'm like, what the hell is my stop for the damn? Starbucks, right? So, so I you took a at, local train. I took the three, yeah, the three train. Mm-hmm. I go up at Bergen, and Bergen is damn near close. It's Bergen and Flatbush Ave. And I'm like, wait, how the fuck did I miss my stop for the damn Starbucks? And so I said, I said, I'm gonna have to get a cabby wabby because I'm not taking my ass back on that fucking train, back in that station away from no damn three train. My cabby wabby, he finally come. He trying to make a motherfucking U-turn on fucking Flatbush Avenue. How the fuck he finna do that? Because that fucking traffic. So I had to cross the street. Oh, now in New York, you can't even motherfucking watch the fucking cars. You gotta watch the cars and the bicycles coming. So this bicycle missed me by a half of a second. Because he was zooming, zooming so motherfucking fast down Flatbush Avenue. He almost hit my tall ass. And I had these white ass pants on, so I don't know how to fuck. So he just missed me. I swear to God. I would have been I would have been in the hospital long. We would not have been recording right now. I would have got hit by a fucking bu- a fucking bike. <laughs> but anyway. <laughs> People get hit by bikes in front of my apartment all the time. Niggas be riding on the sidewalk. Ain't no bike lane here, bitch. I live in the ghetto. I had a food delivery one time and literally he delivered my food, turned around, and got hit by a bike. fucking love it so yeah so basically i finally get in my cab we wabby whatever and i just and he drives me back to the fucking starbucks but this was all because i have a fucking caffeine addiction and i was determined to get my motherfucking starbucks and so here we are today bitch your caffeine addiction almost turned into a heroin addiction bitch could you fucking imagine Uh, nigga really was up here fucking burnt i'm like what the fuck is that smell and he's up here burning what did this smell like um, it's, it's unexplainable. Um, I wasn't too like, whoa, because when I went to college in Staten Island, you know, they had an opiate crisis out there, y'all. And I was on the bus one day and this guy was doing the same thing, burning. He was, no, I think he actually sniffed it on, on the bus. So we heard here. Of that in my life. We here and we back. Um, so this episode of Tiva, we're going to focus on betrayal. All right, let's go, bitch. <laughs> Has there ever been a moment where you felt betrayed by someone? Yeah, you know, unfortunately, people like to cross the queen, but Ooh. you know, <laughs> but yes, I have been betrayed by people, particularly women, when it comes really? to men. Never mm-hmm. men? No. Wow. Really. Why do you feel like that is? Because women go crazy over fucking dick. But what happened to girl code? 
There is no such thing, unfortunately. I thought the same thing along. Obviously not. Niggas mm. got more loyalty when it comes to bro code than girls do when it comes to girl code. Bloop. Oh, my goodness. Well, I know that you said the last time you were talking about a situation that happened. Like, is this, like, another repeating situation for somebody else? Yeah, this is a different situation. And I thought about this other chick. I thought we were really close friends in college. And uh, we was from freshman year. We met 2011. And we always hung out. Even if we did not see each other for a semester or something, anytime we linked up, it was like he never missed a fucking beat. She met my family, like my extended family, everything. So there was this other boy. His name was Brian. Dark chocolate and motherfucking handsome. Do you hear me, bitches? I'm talking Godiva, bitch. Okay? Mm-hmm. Okay? Yes. Belly. Baby, what's the other one? Rosha Ferreira, Ferreira, Ferocia. What's that other? <laughs> yeah, whatever. Yeah. And um, she's a handsome ass Ghanaian, dressed like a motherfucker. And I was like, oh my god, I wanna, I want you to meet this boy. He is so fucking sexy. Yada yada yada. She finally met him, but she's a Leo. Remember what I said before? Leos are very sneaky. You gotta watch out for the motherfucking lionesses. So what happened was, me and this young lady had class in the same building. She had class with Brian in the same building. Actually, I love how you be giving names. You are funny. Yeah, you I don't give a fuck. I didn't give. I didn't. I, but I didn't give you your last name. So I mean, I, you, you do more than me. I don't give a fuck. What the fuck they gonna do? And it's more than one Brian in the world, so who cares? That's true. That's a basic-ass, common-ass name. Right. We both had class in the same building. Her class was literally next door to mine's. <clears throat> and Brian was in a class with her. So they had, got, they had got out of class earlier than I did. So when I got out of class, I noticed that no one was in their classroom. So I hit her up. I was like, hey, where you at? And then she was like, oh, I'm with Brian in his car. Um, I said, oh, okay. I said, I'm heading to the shuttle bus. Because remember, guys, I go to school out. I went to school out in Staten Island. So then um, she was like, oh, Brian said that he'll give us a ride to the ferry. I said, okay. I get inside the car. The energy is kind of off. Energy so what, what made you, like, what body language that was shown or something like that? Or she was it? trying. She was doing, like, she was trying to engage me so much. Like, so Atiba just, like, talking to me. Like eye contact or? She was sitting in the front. She was sitting in the okay. passenger seat. I was in the back. And she was, like, turning her body. Like, she was just, like, trying to talk to me so much. I'm just, like, why is she trying to, t-? like. It was just like forced trying to talk. And mind you, we was me, me and her were friends from what I thought. So I was just like, why the fuck is she? It was just weird. The following semester, I bumped into Kenya and she was acting weird again. Like she wasn't like really trying to talk to me. And so I was just like, okay. So then I hit her up. I was like, hey, like we can take the bus back. I'll meet you at the, I'll meet you at the 93 bus. We can take it back to Brooklyn, the Bay Ridge. She was like, okay, that was it. Still weird. I get on the bus that she's on. We back in Brooklyn. We get off the bus. She's like forcing herself to talk to me. Mm-hmm. Once again, I'm lost. We're, like me and her, once again, we've been friends since 2011. Mm-hmm. This is my homegirl at my house. Went, went, met my extended family in Harlem. You know what I'm saying? After that, I didn't really hit her, hit her up anymore because I was like, she's weird. I don't know what the fuck's going on with her. Following, maybe like three months later, I'm sitting in a library. Yeah. I'm s i am I didn't speak to her. I'm sitting inside of the library with my friends. They were like all all guys. It was African. So then one day I'm in the library with my friend and Rashid and Brian had a fallen out. They used to be best friends. We were really mm-hmm. close. He said that they had a fallen out. And I was just like, I was like, Well, I haven't spoken to Kenya in like three months. And then he was just like he was like that bitch. He was like, Fuck that bitch, because she's a fake ass friend because she gave Brian head in the um parking lot by the science building where we had class at and i was just like so literally alone when i heard that i swear the fuck it was like the room went the fucking spinning i got fucking hot and so i was just was, like was brian like somebody you were seeing or was no, somebody you were in a relationship with nothing above i just had a yeah this one he was so fucking fine and he was so fucking sexy and okay. oh my god when he told me that i was just like wow like this this is what it was. You know, like, I didn't know why she was acting so weird and so different. And, you know, I guess it was because she was slobbing his knob. And she knew <laughs> that I just felt, she knew that I, you know, that I had liked him, whatever. And I just felt like, well, bitch, I don't know. It's just, that's just tacky. And 
once again, Alon, if if you're my friend, if you're my girlfriend, and the moment I know that you like somebody, they don't even come up on my fucking radar, right? I don't pay okay. you no mind. I don't look at the guy any kind of way. It will strictly just be bro out of respect. And so that was like the first instance where once again, like me and him was not dating or anything to that effect, but I just felt like, girl, and you, and you slobbing his knob in the fucking parking lot at our fucking school building, bitch. That's so fucking tacky. But anyway. I have a question prob- though. And she probably fucked him too. Mm. I think she did fuck him. I think she did. I think she told me that too. Well, I have a question. So as this is not the first time that um, you're telling a story like this, what I need to understand more when it comes to this situation and your version of a girl code, it's confusing to me to hear you say things as far as like so strongly as a betrayal when it comes to that, because in my opinion, at least there would have to be some level of initiation or some common thing other than just you having a crush on a guy for me to consider somebody off limits. Like, I feel like it's a lot for you to like, and I'm just playing devil's advocate. It's a mm-hmm. lot for you to say, like, I have a crush on this nigga and you don't do nothing. And you expect everybody around for to understand that this nigga's hands off. So I definitely hear where you're coming from. So for the most part, for me specifically, if we are tight, hella fucking tight, if I know you like like someone, if my friend says he, oh my god, I really really like him, he's on the third. I'm not out of respect for her. I would not even try to talk to that guy ever because I already know that her feelings are possibly invested in someone or can be invested in someone. Even right? if no moves were made on that part. Even if no moves are made, bro, you don't do shit for me personally. You don't do shit like that. It's tacky, and there's too many fucking guys out here for you. You know what I'm saying? It's kind of like bitch respect my feelings whatever the case may be i don't care if they're immature feelings or not respect them because if a young once again if a young lady came to me if my friend came to me and said that sis say say less be good you know what i'm saying and and once again like i said that's like a lower level of betrayal because i really don't have that many stories of betrayal well i know i have a question um just in terms of like how we've been communicating like on this podcast where you say i only have one ex i would like more insight on why do you consider that an ex knowing that you have grown more as a person based on the endeavors that you've experienced with other men outside of that relationship because me and the other guys were never official so what's the difference between being sexually involved and being official versus this one person that I consider my ex, even though I was probably 16, 17, I consider that more serious. Than um, me. The thing is that with that is that um, once again, him and I like literally said, he said like, you know, like, would you be my girlfriend? And so to me, like, that's formal. So that, that was like my boyfriend girl, you know, like it was an ex- exclusive relationship. That's really why it was, it was um, an agreement between both of us. Um, the other guys that I dealt with were situationships. No one mm-hmm. never committed. There was no expectation, really, but physical, um, physical, what you call it, physical demands. So that's mm-hmm. really the reason why I consider him like my one and only like boyfriend. So you consider a title being everything instead of an actual um, emotional connection. Yeah, mm-hmm. a title slash an agreement, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Like okay. you can't what talk happened with you and that ex. Um, so what happened was he finally kind of like confessed to his mother that he was having sex, and um, his mother and my mother were very close. And mind you, he was also three years younger than me. I think at the time I was possibly eighteen now, and he was like maybe. 15 16 I think he was probably 16 now and so his mother called my mother and basically told my mother that me and Nathan was having sex and (laughs) that didn't go over well and so his mother basically like cut off communication with Nathan and I of course we go back in communication but after like a year or two maybe two years the feelings is just not the same and I was probably like 21 now and kind of like you know because mm-hmm. at 20, at 20, I was dealing with a guy who was 47. So I was kind of like 47, 16, 17. Like, ah! <laughs> so that's, that's what happened. But I was madly in love with him. His name is Nathan. I was like my heart. Like, I love 
fuck him. Then. <laughs> but so but nothing he, really happened per se. It was just a puppy love thing and parents just got involved. Yes. Okay. But I want to expound on this thing with with women and trust because I'm going to make it a law today. And if I was oh, a wow. governor, I will be signing a bill. Okay. <laughs> Do not, if you are a young lady and you have a female best friend, if she tell you that she likes someone or has expressed interest in someone, do not cross the line and pursue that same young man, period. It is about loyalty and it's about respect. Mm-hmm. And then two, it's, it's, it's awkward. Say if you were to get into a relationship with the same guy she liked, now it's awkward when you guys want to hang out. Because it's like, bitch, you knew that I was interested in him. You knew that I wanted to jump his bow, and now you up here freaking him. So now it's awkward, and it compromises. But see, I feel it. like it's a loophole, because sometimes people can really be in their little fantasy land, and they don't do anything. Either they're scared, or they're nervous, or the guy may not like that girl. It can That's happen. That's fine. It can happen, but still, you as a person, you have you have the 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 consciousness to not even entertain. Still, if it's still coming your way, now if you choose to entertain it, you know what you're doing, and are you even considering, you know, your friend's feelings? Mm-hmm. And once again, there's too many men out here. Come on, back the fuck up. You don't do shit. If that is your best friend, if y'all are hella fucking tight, why would you want to compromise your friendship? And so that's why, with, and, and, and guys don't do that shit. And if guys do that shit. Yeah, I don't cross swords with none of my friends. I'm sorry. And so that's what I'm saying. Guys don't do that shit. They say bros are full holes. And it's not the same when it comes to women. Like women go fucking, women, women will compromise shit over a fucking penis. Well, what I can also say, like guys get over stuff quicker than women though. Guys say they get over stuff, but deep down they still plot on that nigga, okay? And I know that for a fact. Okay. Well, do you want to talk about mine or no? Yeah, let's go. I mean, I mean. All right. Yeah, we can do it. Yeah, because I'm going to cap this shit, and this is going to be the last time I talk about this shit. Um, Okay. Yeah. You know, you write a novel and you move on. That's right. (laughs) My story has yet to be told, and I'm about to tell it today. So. I think my biggest story of betrayal, aside from parents, because I worked on that, I got over it, I began to understand moms and dads are human too. And they literally just out here trying to figure life out with some kids. The biggest betrayal I've ever experienced to date was just something that I consented to. I made a choice to be involved with and it blew up flat in my face. Okay. And that's like some really hurtful shit where you go on in life thinking that, you know, something is not for you or you're not deserving of that one thing. And you make a decision to take a chance and that shit just blows up. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think my first venture starting a serious relationship was one of those things. End of summer 2018. You know, you know when somebody is like doing some stuff and they always say, you know when you know. When you know. And when you know, that's when it's happening. Exactly. <laughs> we are humans. We trust our instincts. We are animals at the end of the day. We have them just like the regular ones do. And it was just certain behaviors that I was picking up. Maybe this could be a note to somebody who may need to hear it. But I think there are certain things that you really pick up and you do not ignore. And I think I've touched on this before, saying that when somebody's on their phone a lot, that is an action of concern to me. Mm-hmm. Because how I read that type of body language or that sense of behavior is you don't want to be here right now. You'd rather mm-hmm. be somewhere else or with someone else right now. Mm-hmm. So that's how I read that when it comes to being on your phone. So we had got into an argument and then the argument turned into like he was just up all night. Like, in his own room. And so I'm, like, wondering, I'm like, when he coming to bed? Next thing I know, like, the next day, he was like, so I um I booked a flight, and I'm going to just go to Atlanta for a couple of days or whatever. And so I'm like, oh, okay, cool. Not and then, mm-hmm. That's how you should have known it was a problem. And you don't think I didn't? We used to walk to work together. And mm-hmm. it was, like, one particular day where 
we both walked to work and he was literally face planted in foam the entire walk, train to train to walk. And so you know what I did? What? I kept fucking walking. I did not stop to hug and say goodbye. I just kept fucking walking. And I think from that point, he knew that like, oh, wow. Like, I'm like space out. So he had texted me and said, hey, I'm I'm completely out of it. Like, once I come from this trip, like, then it'll, like, probably give me what I need or, like, a fresh start or whatever. It ain't even matter. Like, I, I probably didn't even respond at that moment. Got back from Atlanta. We laid on the couch for a minute, watched TV. It was like, how was Atlanta? Whatever. Uh, we was having, like, little small talk. And then he broke out and was like, so I've been feeling this for a while and he didn't understand like the irony because I was saying like I was just planning my trip to go home to tell my folks about me because that was the main thing on why he was kind of like real dicey about us and living together at that particular time because he felt like I was hiding him. He had said my fear has happened to where I've checked out of this relationship the minute that you are ready to come out and he had said that (laughs) and I was just kind of like oh so I was like distraught typical me like I didn't talk to him for a while but immediately like once he was talking to me like I asked him I was like is it somebody else and he flat out told me and looked me in my face and was like no I ain't believe him not one second and it was crazy because I wouldn't have never put on him to be a cheater, ever. Well, Pisces are... It was crazy because there were certain things that I was seeing on social media that was leading me to a specific person, like, after we had that conversation. And then here comes a birthday shout-out. And it was a birthday shout-out of the specific person that I suspected would be a person of interest. It was kind of like a very, like, small-gestured, flirty type of video where it was, like, him in a car with the person. The person was driving, and they was, like, playing, like, some Mariah Carey song. And he was, like, giggling. And I was like, I know that giggle. So I was like, mm, I knew it. So you know me. I'm from the South. I know people who move from Atlanta to Mobile. I know people who are from Atlanta. I know people who know people that are from Atlanta. So it ain't nothing for me to be like, who is this cat? So I found out the whole pedigree on whoever it was and whatever, blah, blah, blah. And then I think I shouldn't have did that. That was Pandora's box. I shouldn't have did that because that came back later to bite me. Then he had went back down to Atlanta again, and then the screenshots come. And then all of these things and people follow or they already following him and people start sending me screenshots. Damn. Mm-hmm. Wow. And mind you, I don't farm, I don't fish for nothing at that particular time. But stuff was coming to me. So when he got back the second time he came back from Atlanta, stupid me, I presented him the evidence. Okay. For him to only lie to me. Of course. Again. Of course. Pretty much he was just saying, like, this is just a friend, this is somebody that's been really nice to me, whatever, blah, blah, blah. It's nothing, right? I still didn't believe him. I still didn't believe him. We had already a pre-planned trip to Florida. Now, this is when I knew that I was getting, like, whatever was happening between us was getting the best of me because I did something that I just, honestly, I regret and I'll always forever regret. And I don't do regrets, but I really regret this shit. So on the trip is when I finally found out the absolute truth and the timeline. Because that was like ringing in my head over and over. I'm like, this shit just didn't happen like on one Atlanta trip. I was obsessing over it. So I checked his phone. And I hate I did that bullshit. Listen, don't look for me to condemn you because I'm for all antics. So go ahead. (laughs) I don't like that shit. And but you know what? That was a lesson for me because of course this is my first experience dealing with something at this serious, you know, level. Mm -hmm. That was a learning lesson for me because people do crazy shit. Some people wreck people cars. Some people key people cars. Some people smash people windows. Some people bleach people clothes. Like people do a lot of crazy stuff when they angry. And I'm tripping on this little small thing. People, like, they'll probably be like, that's all you did? Yes, that is all I did. And and that's literally, like, 
that's all I ever wanted. Like, I, I, mm -mm, I do not like that shit. I did mm -hmm. not like who I became. Honest me, I told him I did. Mm -hmm. Then it was like this whole thing of him being angry, him feeling like there was an invasion of privacy, and it's like this whole deflection of like, I can't believe you betrayed me like this and all this stuff. While we on the trip, while we are on this trip. Cognitive dissonance. I felt bad because I knew my behavior in it. But I knew also the reality of the situation. You not mad at me. You mad at right. yourself. You know, then came like some form of an apology once I got back home, once we got back home from Florida. And I'm like, you're not sorry. You just sorry you got caught. Because the audacity to think that I'm a fool and I'm mm -hmm. the idiot. Like, you really don't know who you're dealing with. And so I went to my friend Cicely's house and I stayed there a whole week. I left the apartment and I stayed with Cicely and she let me stay with her a whole week. And then after I left Cicely's, I went to somebody else's apartment and stayed there for a week. And one of his friends reached out to me because they saw my Instagram story. They was like, alarm, blah, 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 I'm concerned or whatever. And we had talked for a minute. So I like, I realized at that point, he didn't tell any of his friends that we had broken up in August. This is like October at this point. Mm -hmm. But of course, that's the, you know, facade that he would like. You know, he don't like when stuff be shaky and people be in his stuff because then he would have to explain his wrongdoing. You know what I'm saying? One thing about me and one thing for sure on you will be going in the deep end with me. Don't lie to me. And two, don't include your friends on a lie to where I'm the last one that know. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And this particular friend that was talking to me, I think he knew all of what was happening because he was the friend oh, that yeah. he was supposedly supposed to have been visiting in Atlanta. He did. But, but there were certain things that I was saying based on my story on all of what was happening that led up to that point that he didn't know, obviously, because we never had a conversation. And of mm -hmm. course, everything that he was receiving was one-sided. There was like a long break after that point, and maybe I probably didn't talk to him, and I was trying to like trying to salvage at least a friendship at the very least by maybe Thanksgiving that same year. I had a whole new job. I actually I had actually two jobs, and this is the crazy part. I ended up getting two jobs because I ended up getting a part-time job because him moving us out or whatever, because he kept saying like how much he sacrificed. And to me, I never looked at us moving out as a sacrifice because mm -hmm. to me, I think a sacrifice is you didn't have it to give, but he had everything within his access for us to move. He wanted me to move in with him. Like I didn't twist his arm because I would have stayed where I was. I felt bad because he was saying that he couldn't go to school next semester. He didn't have the money. So I decided to get a part-time job to help him pay for tuition. Wow. And I did that just because I felt like, well, had we not moved, then maybe he would have been able to pay for it. And I kind of feel like responsible in some way because now we in this situation. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to do this for you. Also, to salvage, I was like, I still want to show, you know, you how my family works. Because I had this problem, like, with a lot of friends as well. So I invited him home for Christmas. With me, with friends, like, especially, like, when I was a teenager, like, my friends never understood, like, Alon, you just be out. Like, you be on the phone late at night. Like, don't nobody be asking you about who you talking to and blah, blah, blah. Never. Like, my family don't ask nothing about anything going on with my personal life. And people just found that so wild. And okay. he was no exception. So I was like, no, you can see at first glance, like, how things work. Again, I didn't twist his arm. He literally booked that flight like the second I invited him. Of course, within that, it was like a lot of an apologies and blah, 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 regret. And I made a mistake and all that stuff, you know. But fast forward, he flew out after Christmas to spend New Year's in Atlanta. You write the rest. The clock struck 12. New Year's Day. The clock struck 12. I got a phone call from my friend that's in Atlanta who just so happened to be at the same New Year's Eve party that he was at <laughs> with the nigga that he cheated me on, on me on in October. Wow. wow. And, and yes, it is a cheat. Because remember, in October, when I found out by looking at his phone, 
I found pictures like June, July, way prior to August when he broke up with me. And that was my main thing. Because I think he was just trying to cover up his tracks from saying, I'm going to break up with you before you ever find out anything. That way you won't know how long I've been talking to this person. But once I saw the pictures and the messages and stuff like that, I already knew. And it was certain things that I also picked up that he was also hiding because Instagram has this thing where it like tell you the last time you on live unless you cover it up. And so we were going to the gym a lot. And like it was one morning I was like, yeah, I knew you weren't getting up because you was like on Instagram like all night, literally all night. And after that, his whole live notification was gone after I said that. So that was another sign that I knew he was hiding something. But why would he go on live if he know that you guys are fr- um you guys are friends on Instagram? You're gonna see it. So why would he turn the live notification off? Doesn't even make sense. It, it's not a live notification. It's like when you are or literally active. logged in. Yes, when you're active. Oh. Sorry. So yeah, because he was video calling old dude on Instagram, and that's okay. how they would communicate. And there was a lot of deflections, like based on like. He was saying, like, I would be talking to people on Snapchat and I would be doing all this and that. I was not talking to nobody in no serious tone in any way, shape or form. And I damn show when traveling or catching feelings with no fucking body ever. So that, again, was a deflection. So it's the deflections for me. Yeah. Um. Continue. And there was one last component that I didn't try the previous time. Because please believe, I tried again. It was couples therapy. We did couples therapy, and we only did one fucking session, bitch. I know that's right. One fucking session. Because you know what? The audacity. With a whole full email apologizing, saying how much I was a great help when it came to schoolwork. How much I was a help paying tuition how much I was like dedicated and there for him when he was going through his personal pain, all while still going through my personal pain, acknowledging what I've done, right? Mm -hmm. To go from that, to go from being in a counseling session saying that, you know what, Alon, when you pay for that tuition and all those nights where you were helping me with my homework, I'd rather had done it by myself. Excuse me? That was it for me. And that was like the ultimate slap in the face. Because honestly speaking, I wouldn't have got no part-time job because at the end of the day, he still made the conscious decision to move. I don't care what it was. If you know your financial priorities or, or what you're planning to do in the future, you don't let no one, I don't care who it is, compromise that. That's just how I feel. But shout outs to you for going above and beyond, okay? Once again, this is called cognitive dissonance. It's the act of knowing what is right and wrong, but constantly trying to deflect or make another um, false truth a reality. That is the shit that would that burn my nerve. But honestly, too, no shade to Pisceans and Pisces men. Pisces men are known for treating their family well their main family well by having a whole nother secondary family. They that's And that's just how I can describe them. Well, you know, Amanda, and I shared this video with you, Amanda Seals had a video that resonated with me well, where she was saying that you could be with a person and say that this person is so dope. And you sit here and you wonder, like, if they're dope in their career, if they dope as a person, if their friends think they dope, if their family thinks they're dope, and they're not, you're not getting that same experience, it's a reason. And she said, a lot of times we get confused or we get caught up thinking that we're caught up like in the potential of a person or what a person could be, and that ain't it. Sometimes people have a, what was it? It's a, a dismissive avoidant personality disorder. So when it comes to... um people that they actually admire and actually they have a deep affection for, once it gets too serious past the dating phase, they want to cop out from fear of dealing with any responsibility of being tied down. And so Mm -hmm. what they do, they do all of what they can to treat the person like shit or whatever, stay away from like actually being committed to them. I just think it's it's the audacity for me. It's the narcissism for me. And I didn't even tell you like the next phase of the betrayal. 
So mind you, we didn't finish our lease. Right. This is like half of our lease once New Year's came up. Our lease wasn't up until end of June. It was around this time, Pride weekend, when I had to move out. Mm-hmm. This nigga moved out two months before I did. And you still had to pay the rent by yourself? I was like, hmm, maybe he's, you know, maybe he's just going to keep paying the rent. Maybe he saved up enough to, you know, close this whole lease out and then start a new lease. I wasn't tripping. He had called me after he had moved. I came into an apartment empty other than my room. Mm-hmm. And then he had called me like later that night crying, talking about how um, he had one little piece of thing to pick up and he sat there for a minute and was like boohooing and whatnot and blah, blah, blah. At that point, I was really done because we weren't talking anymore. We were living together. We were not talking. And there were plenty of conversations he was trying to engage as far as like apologizing again, because that year I made a decision like I'm going to travel. I'm going to do my thing. Like, I ain't worried about it. Like, I'm going to be out. So every, like, three-day weekend I had, like, I was gone. I went to London. I went overseas for the first time. Like, that was the year I really just did me. Um, But one thing about it was I had to pay utilities by myself. Well, here's my problem with it. Okay. There, I didn't realize that there were times where he was living there. He did not pay. Now, me, when it comes when it comes to bills, like I pay it. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And sometimes I don't even. I just look at the number and I pay it. I don't look at no back pay. I don't look at like what hasn't gotten paid the month before. I literally, I just pay it. And so there was one particular time where we got the power bill, and it was like three hundred something dollars. Now, you know, up here, down south, that's a thing. But up here, that's not a thing. Like, our power bill don't be no more than $80. That, and that's a lot. You know, it'll be $80 in the summer. For, for, right. I was going to say, exactly. maybe in the summer, because in the winter, right. mine's like $25. Power bill, exactly. In the winter, it'll be like a good 30 40 max. Right. Um, but it was like 300 maybe $200 something. And I got a text message from him. Saying, um, Alon, I just realized that um, something happened with my account to where, like, it didn't come out of my account. It was coming out of another account or something like that. And I'm going to need you to PayPal me this amount from paying. I was like, no, this is my money. Because as far as I'm concerned, I never look at these bills. I just pay what I know I need to pay. So I've been paying way more because you haven't been paying for the past two months. So this is my money. Do you know this nigga moved out, put the put the mail on the my kitchen counter at this point, my kitchen counter at this point, and had a note saying that how much I had to pay him. I felt so, ooh, I was heated that day. Because I felt like with him, it's always like a money thing. And ending the lease was the biggest pain because... He did not pay rent anymore after a certain point. It was hard to get my security balance back. It was putting it as if I owed it. And I'm like, no, I paid my shit. And so I had to reach out to him yet again. And I'm like, I just want this stuff to be done. Like, I just want this to be over. I got paid less than him, but I paid my bills on time. Like, that was the crazy part to me. I believe and, and he was just always a person. Like, he always tried to talk to me about finances and blah, blah, blah. And yet... I'm coming to you about stuff that's unpaid. It was kind of fraudulent, in my Ooh, I, in my opinion. It was it was very much a fraudulent situation, if you ask me. And I don't even mean to sound insulting, but that's really what I felt about that. I'm like, this is some fraudulent ass shit. Because like you would move out and then you would stop paying at a situation that you haven't even finished yet. Mm-hmm. That still that had shit, your that, name on it. I would take you to court. I don't play no shit like. If it can be put on my my credit report, stuff like that, or anything with finances and you know we're in an agreement, a contractual agreement, to me, that is the ultimate sign of disrespect and narcissism. The ultimate. Listen, Alon, you said that you have never seen yourself enraged. That would have been an occasion where you should be enraged. Nah, that, that, I mean, that, that was one of them. Like, I was so infuriated. I was so infuriated. It was the New Year's thing. It was that situation. And then it was also the thing in October. 
And you know what? The thing in October, it was just, I was really obsessed. I saw myself obsessed. I saw myself enraged. And I saw myself just completely, absolutely just frustrated to the point where I just wanted it over. So it was the those three things I learned something about myself and told myself, like, Alon, you have to monitor that. Because when you're in those three moods, there's no bottom line as to what you could you will be able to do. Right. And now that I know that about myself, I'm able to, you know, act accordingly. Mm-hmm. Because that really tested me beyond measure. Mm-hmm. That act those acts of betrayal. So what did you learn about from this from that experience? I learned honestly, I learned from that situation as much as you would you could like something and you could want something for yourself. And right in front of you could be a mirror of emotions and affections. But if it's not met the same way, then it you're not compatible. And so when I mean about not compatible, if somebody doesn't appreciate your love languages on how you give love, then your shit is literally just thrown in thin air. All the loving I've been going because I notice it's just floating in the air. Like literally what Beyonce said. I read that as an incompatibility. Love what song drought. was that? Thank you. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I don't like that song. I love that song. In terms of incompatibility, we were incompatible by him discrediting just my acts of service. That's like my number one. Yeah. And so if that didn't mean anything to him, we incompatible. Absolutely. Period. And then another incompatibility. He was very solitaire mentality. It'll be things that he would want to do and he would include me because he would want to do that experience with me. But he wouldn't necessarily give that same experience in return. So if there was something that I want to do, I would have to put frills and accommodations, extra accommodations on it to make it presentable for him because otherwise he would, he would reject it like in a second. And to him, it didn't mean anything because how he looked at it is if I didn't want to do it, I just didn't want to do it. I looked at it as just like we shared experience in anything that you wanted to do. We could share experience with things that I want to do. And I had, and I was with somebody at the time that didn't want to do that. uh, Incompatibility. Incompatibility. They could be, you know, chasing after progression in their career just as much as you are. They could be in the same space as you, being underpaid, underappreciated, uh, and whatnot. But the minute that they get some level of progression and they feel like, you know, now it's time to pop their shit and they put you in the dust, please believe they'll take that opportunity. And that has happened to me maybe two or three times. To the point where I really had to just put that shit in the grave. Because you could want something so bad. But if you're incompatible, it ain't shit you can do with it. One of the greats said, you could love someone and still be glad that they are no longer in your life. Oh, who said that? Oprah. Well, from my experience with betrayal, my experiences with betrayal, I would say that I would never show my chicks my new dick and Mm. yeah so you'll be one of those immature girls like you'll be putting smiley emoji faces over your man on instagram what's the point of sharing no i wouldn't even i wouldn't even put them on instagram there you go thank you very much try yeah (laughs) but see that's me though (laughs) nah but that's me yeah i live my life outside of instagram like instagram don't even know a figment of my shit what you just see a series of pictures What's so interesting is that people would think that I'm I w- I'm an oversharer, et cetera, et cetera. But if it would come to any relationship that I'm in, you would never see anything on social media. That and that's one thing I take relationships seriously, and I think you should really protect it. And I would show, and let me tell you, I would show our relationship once we said I do. <laughs> then I would put pictures up. I wouldn't even show the engagement because we might not make it down the aisle. <laughs> okay, so. I wait until we get married, then I post. You just have to be careful because my my trust have been broken so much when it comes to stuff in this area. I would tread very lightly with introducing anybody that I'm dealing with to my female friends. Unfortunately, yeah, unfortunately, you know, it's a small little piece of me, and I don't want to sound judgy, 
It's okay. I'm, I'm sad for you because yeah. of that. Because I feel like even when you get ready to do it, there's some level of insecurity of you when it comes to sharing it because a small piece of you will still feel like, oh, now I'm doing this. Like, what's going to happen? You're going to feel like some something's around the corner. And I feel like the same in my situation. I had to leave him because I always felt like something was around the corner and I mm-hmm. knew I wouldn't get myself to trust him ever again. Yeah. It's, and that's why I said, unfortunately, because I don't want that to be the case. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But, you know, it is what it is. And you move accordingly. And But thankfully, I would say most of my close friends are men. I mean, if I mean, if that happened, then whoa. <laughs> but but um, most of my close friends are men. So I think I'd be kind of fine. I really don't have, like, hella, hella close with females that much. So, okay. yeah. Well, you want to move on to reflection question? Yeah, this was heavy. Um, Yeah, let's go with the question. Okay. Who is someone you trust a lot? Other than God <laughs> um, <laughs> and Jesus Christ. I trust my grandmother. She is extremely honest all the time, and even if it hurts you. But um, she also keeps secrets, and she has, like, integrity. So I trust my grandmother so much. But she's honest not just in telling the truth. She's honest when it comes to money, stuff like that. Like if she finds money, she knows it's not hers. And she sees someone drop it, she'll give it. So I trust my grandmother a lot. Girl, I'm about to start crying. Lord. Okay. It's okay. If you need a tissue, get a tissue, child. Because you were saying that and I'm sitting here still thinking. Okay. It's okay. Take a moment. Wow. This is crazy. <laughs> See. Who am I trusting? Who are you trusting? It's, that's fucked up. That's yeah. Fucked. Damn. Yeah. I mean, but see, you can trust people on different levels, right? You have you have to have people that you trust. Someone is around you that you trust, even if there's that goddamn dog in that bed over there. There is somebody you trust. Like it's just hard because I think just me as a person, like I'm a grudge holder. I know that oh, about really? myself. Really. I would never think that. So, and it's the defense mechanism because it's like once somebody hurts me, and I'm yeah. not a person, I'm not easily hurt. I mm-hmm. I do not get my feelings hurt easily. Mm-hmm. But when you do it, I remember it and I don't forget. And so that is so hard for me. I think the only person close to that I would say is my older sister. To yeah. be honest, yeah. to be honest, but that's it's a. That's fucked up, though. That's fucked up. But, you know, or you you can't control it, unfortunately. And, excuse me, I'm the same way. But the young lady that I was friends with that I spoke about previously, not the one today, but the other one, the reason why that that disdain that I have for her is because, like you said, Elon, I am not a person who easily, you know, I can laugh something off and keep it moving. Or even if you do kind of shade me a bit, you know, I'll keep my eye on you. But, you know, but if you really hurt me, padlocks, everything's just done. But like you said, it's a defense. And and people think you're petty for that. But it's like, no, I have to not protect myself. But one thing I can say, because this sounds real crazy because I am currently in a relationship. I'm very secure in relationships. I'm not going to get in a relationship if I, don't, if I don't feel secure in them. So... I think that that's a different level of trust. Because when I think of trust, I think like if my life was in absolute turmoil right now, who can I go to? Who could I lean on? I don't feel like a relationship is worthy of that level of trust yet until you married to somebody. So that's exactly. So that's why I'm like tripping on the trust word because I'm really out here like I don't know right now, you know. Only my sister I can think of right now is the only person I feel like has that level of trust to what I'm thinking. There's nothing Fuck. wrong with that because not everybody is deserving of your trust. Yeah. And that's, it's not a bad thing. I said my grandmother. It's just, not a, it, it's just not a good thing to be out here feeling like you out here alone, though. That's not a good feeling. But Alana, I'm saying I think there are other people you probably do trust, <laughs> right? Or, but it's not that that solid trust like your sister. Mm-hmm. Like Fran says, I trust you. I trust Jonathan. I trust Keith. I trust, you know, people. But like a person I can bet my life on is my grandmother. You know, 
she right. got. Because if, if, if we didn't trust no one, we would not have friendships, period. So there is a level, that's what I'm saying. It's levels there to the levels shit. There is the trust. levels to trust. Okay. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Mm-hmm. All right. He's crying, what? by the way, y'all. I am. <laughs> Fucked me up. Yes. What helps to reestablish trust? Oh, um, being consistent and persistent with correcting wrong. Blatantly showing effort with correcting things. Going out of your way to make a person feel secure and trustworthy of you. I agree. Um, I think a better way I would say that just in terms of like how I could feel it in my heart as far as reestablishing mm-hmm. trust is applying action to your words. Yeah. Just the person that I was with before, he's a talker. So if you give him an opportunity to use his words, he will use them well. So I had to get into a mindset to where it's like, no, you can't talk no more. I want to see something and I'm not seeing anything. I felt like I was pouring, pouring Mm. a lot of my service, a lot of like my efforts. And I realized the person that I was trying this thing with, he only wanted to be on the receiving end. He never wanted to replenish me in order to get those things again and again and again. He wanted to keep them coming. And at some point you get drained. Yeah. And I didn't think that he was aware of that. I think, you know, the level of love that he understood it, like he just needed it poured into him because if you want me to be honest, I don't think that he loved himself enough to felt like he was Yeah, and that's mostly time. That's what it is. Yeah. So he, I think he needed time to love on himself so that he won't feel like he has to constantly receive, receive. But hey, relationships are all about timing. If the timing ain't right, it ain't never going to be right. Hello. Hello, hi. How do I deal with such intense feelings as betrayal? I block things out immediately. If it's unhealthy, if it doesn't serve me, um... And I think because of that past situation, it made it even easier for me to block people out. Because as many times that I tried that, I still did it. So now, once I see something toxic, once I see something that's draining of my energy, once I see something that ain't serving me no more, it's out. Just that easy. Yeah, for me, it's a process. It's a process of anger at first, maybe even irrational anger. And then after irrational anger, it is like you said, I completely cast it out. You no longer exist and you are a thing of the past. So that's how I feel with betrayal. How do you feel about the stigma that all men are cheaters? Um, so I don't feel like that stigma is necessarily true because if you say that all men are cheaters, then you're saying that all women are faithful, which is impossible. Um, everyone on this earth has the ability to cheat. Some um is hot. Some other some people have a higher chance than others. Um, yeah, I don't. I think that's stupid, and I think it's also to um make it okay and kind of acceptable when men do go out and cheat to normalize it more than anything yeah i think men lie women lie i think both are cheaters in their own right i think there are just certain ways that each gender does it i think you know men are more linear when it comes to cheating like they literally look at shit as um just the spur of the moment thing they don't really think nothing of it and I think that's the most upsetting part when it comes to a person who's on the receiving end of such betrayal because you'll always want a reason why like is it something that I've done is it something that you're not getting but sometimes it could be just a simple I don't know and that's the part that could piss you off the most because some people really chase after temporary happiness instead of looking at the overall arching you know, goal in being with somebody. Now, is cheating a non-negotiable for you? I have to say still to this day, no. I feel like discovering the reason 
it's really important. And I also think it's equally as important to work it out and salvage it if you can. But I guess I'm just not a quitter. So that's just my personality. Yeah. Understood. What about you? Um, um, Cheating is non-negotiable for me, personally. Mm-hmm. No, I'm going to say this. I will sit here and, you know, I didn't sit here and I didn't said like my little one story, but I won't it. I won't sit here and say that I didn't play a role into how everything panned out. Now, I can't make nobody cheat, but our relationship went glitter and gold. And I'm just out here like, oh, my God, this came out of left field. If somebody's unhappy, then they're going to eventually become happy. But I mean, if you're, I always say this, then, then, then break up with me. Either let me go. <laughs> and then people would say, well, that's easily said than done. That's easier said than done. But to me, it's not. Mm-hmm. Hey, so let's just break up. Yeah. I'll, and I'll, I'll... You know what? And I felt that because in my viewpoint, I think when I was going through my bird, um, my growing pains of dealing with grief and then also like I wasn't bringing in money or the as much or equal to the amount of money he was bringing in and I definitely wasn't at the level of career he was at, I always felt like, you know, he could leave tomorrow. Well, no. Once again, people make a conscious decision. Well, yeah, because I met him. I was working at fucking Gap, to be honest. So that's my thing. Don't act brand new now. Don't make what was what was not a problem a problem now. That's true. So I don't want to hear that. That's like a woman meeting a man who work at the beauty supply store or some shit. Or at the gas station or some shit. And she with him for six months and now she getting upset. What? You met me since I pumped your gas for you. <laughs> you know. So I don't know if that that's not an excuse in the lawn. You should stop making stop feeling as if you're a burden. Is every fractured relationship salvageable? I think we done touched on this already. No, not every. Some are. And you have to be willing to fix it. Both parties. Both parties. But, you know, I think as human beings, we all want things to last forever. Mm-hmm. And as I'm getting older, I'm realizing that things will not last forever, unfortunately. Some things will not last forever. And some people have a easier time with that and, and than others. Um, yeah, and I'll leave it at that. So that affects us a lot when our relationships fall apart. When I found out it wasn't salvageable because I was reminded every chance possible that he wanted to be alone. And it would be certain things that I would say, and it would always revert to a reaction based on things that I said. And I'm like, well, you can't have a reaction on my experience. You either absorb what I'm saying and take ownership or go. But it was kind of like things like a pariah, things, you know, things like fly out like that. And I'm like, why is it that you're always using like key trigger words, meaning that you want to be alone? When you're sitting here requesting that you wanted to be alone. Mm-hmm. So if somebody really want to be left alone and they act like you have to take their word for it and walk away. Mm-hmm. Some things aren't salvageable. What keeps trust going? Go ahead, Alon. I think reassurance. Mm-hmm. I think you have to be willing to reassure whether if a person is insecure or secure. I think, you know, we live in such a digital world where people have quick access to any and everything on the palm of their hands. I feel like everybody needs reassurance. I mean, I don't need to feel like I'm responsible for keeping tracks on anybody. Um, I don't I'm not I don't have any ownership on anybody. So I move life like I'm only in control of myself. But I do require a level of reassurance to know that, you know, we're good. I'm good. You're good. I agree. I think it's the same thing. Reassurance. Really nothing else I can really add to that. But you hit that one right on the head. So this episode was heavier than I expected it to be. Um, (laughs) And this time it wasn't me. Bye, bitch. (laughs) Who was 
you know, crying a river, but no, but that's okay. And that's why I really like doing this podcast because it, it opens up a lot of things within us that we really don't expect to come out or it reveals those things. If you've ever been betrayed, I push you and I urge you to push through to reflect on yourself in, in any parts that you probably contributed to it. But then also know that not everything lasts forever and some things it's temporary and you just got to move on. Um, and Stand on in your truth. Yeah, stand in your truth. Uh, shout out to Emilia, who is an avid listener. We appreciate you so much. And um, that's it, y'all. So I'm Ativa. I'm Alon. And we out this bitch. Peace. <laughs>